With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I'm N.D. Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Jacob Beck on the other side of the glass making it happen. Oh! <laughs> See, this is why I don't show Andy up. Andy Kalu on his birthday! Everybody! How do you see it? Let's celebrate. When you pass 40, you don't celebrate. You just thank God and you keep it moving. This reminds me of showbiz. Did y'all have showbiz in this game? Oh, yeah. Okay. Later became Chuck E. Cheese. Right. The big gorilla playing right. the piano. Exactly. And the, the mouse on the drums or whatever. I, I didn't know if that was just a Texas thing. <laughs> no, I think it was all across the country. But you know what? Your birthday, so you're a Leo. Right. Was last week or two weeks ago. I'm like the early part of Leo. Yeah, you're the fake Cancer is most of July. Yeah, you're, you're not the real. You, you can't get the lion tattoo on your body unless you have it in August. But, uh... You said it perfectly when I asked you what do you want to do, and you're like, you know what? I just want to be left alone. <laughs> I just want to be left alone on my birthday. Born in Baltimore, Maryland, some 40-plus years ago. 46. I'm not ashamed of my age. Then moved to San Antonio, Texas, where he attended John Marshall High School, holding the record in high jump for the Rams. For the district. Kalu then went on to star at Rice University. Put that school on the map, and then later played for the Philadelphia Eagles, where he was drafted in the 1997 draft. Four and a half rounds went by before people said, you know what? We're missing. We're missing on this guy. Five and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny about that? The late, great Dennis Green made soul rest in peace. After one of my games, he was like, you know, a commentator, and they were doing a post-game show, and it was a decent game that I had, so they called me like Sirius XM, and I'm doing the interview. Then he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. I really liked you. I really wanted you. And I was like, no, you didn't because I went <laughs> the fifth round. So if you really wanted me, you could have snatched me up. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been, you know, I thank God for every single day. All right, no more. I hate I hate being on the spotlight. <laughs> I don't like birthdays at all because I don't like the attention. So let's get right back to it. Welcome in. If you want to jump into the trenches, 713-212-5790. I do want to start with a little bit of baseball because the Astros are playing at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. They're not just playing the L.A. Dodgers. They're playing at Dodger Stadium. If I'm not mistaken, the Dodgers have the second best because they just played San Francisco Giants, who have the best uh, record in the National League. And now they're playing the L.A. Dodgers, who have the second best record in the National League. So you have two powerhouses playing each other. And, oh, by the way, this is the first time they've gone to Dodger Stadium with fans since the whole whatever we want to call it, trash can gate has been, and the details of the, the scandal have been out. Do you think we're going to feel it on television? Do you, do you think we're going to notice the booze more so than we did when they played New York, when they played oh, San yeah. Francisco? 
Well, the interesting part was, remember last year, the, the Astros went to Dodger Stadium last year, but there were no fans, no fans in the stands. Right. And they had a bunch of losers standing on the street corner as you wind the hill up to Dodger Stadium, holding up signs and booing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this will be the first chance for them in their house in Los Angeles to, to boo. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear a lot of that. But you know, based on what's happened, the track record, I mean, when teams have gone overboard and booed Jose Altuve, he does nothing but crush home runs. So... Yeah, San Francisco, it's a grand slam, <laughs> and they're sitting there calling him a cheater. It seems like this year, for whatever reason, maybe, and I'm not being funny at all because uh, sports psychologists, that's a real thing out there. I wonder if he saw somebody mentally because last year it just felt like it looked like it was weighing on him, and this year he's like, bring it on. You know, you boo me in San Francisco, you call me a cheater, I'm going to hit two home runs and a grand slam. So it, it just feels like he he's, he's uh, what's the word, embracing. He's embracing that role more. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun. I mean, it's um, you know, just just hope that you at least split, win one of these. But of course, Max Scherzer freaking you know gets traded. The the Astros sniffed around on him, but ultimately, you know, the Padres tried to get a deal done, they couldn't. So the Dodgers pulled the trigger, and so lo and behold, he's going to go against the Astros tomorrow night. But uh, Walker Bueller, who's been really good, will go tonight against Lance McCullers. So. You know, it is what it is. Bueller is eleven and one with a two nineteen ERA. He's been outstanding. So you got that tonight, Scherzer sure tomorrow. So just find a way to scratch across some runs and win one of these and split the two and get out of there. We kind of glossed over this yesterday. It's not that we glossed over it. It, it was we talked about it towards the end of the show, so we couldn't spend too much time on it. And when it's all said and done, it's high school football, so we're not going to spend that much time on it. But this is something we haven't seen, and the question is is Quinn Ewers out of South Lake Carroll, the quarterback who is graduating early. He's enrolling at Ohio State. He's foregoing his senior year of high school football. He's going to take advantage of the NIL. And instead of playing senior ball for his high school, South Lake Carroll, for those who follow high school football, a powerhouse. When you think Katy, when you think North Shore, when you think Austin Westlake, South Lake Carroll is one of those schools, one of those type of programs. Instead of playing his senior year, the number one recruit in the country, he's actually enrolling. He's graduating from high school at the end of the summer, and he's enrolling at Ohio State this year to compete, to compete to play. Here's where I want to mention what we didn't get a chance to mention yesterday. This isn't like, oh, NIL, I could take advantage of it. When you graduate high school in three years, this is a plan they had from the beginning. Because it's not like... The NIL and the new rule came out, I believe, last year, and they said it was going to be implemented this year. It's not like he had time to just rush and take some summer school classes so he can graduate early. This is something, and keep in mind, he's a five-star recruit, the number one recruit in the country, so I'm sure he had an auspicious start to his football career, and his parents, the people who support him, knew that when he was going into high school, he was going to have a chance to play big-time football. I feel like this was a plan that was already in place, and it's not something we're going to see every year with top recruits because you know what top recruits aren't doing? Finishing high school in three years. Like th- This is an amazing story, and I would love to hear and read more about the thought process from his parents, from Quinn himself going into his freshman year of high school to finish in three years. So instead of, and then he reclassified, instead of being a 2022 recruit, he's 2021. And now he's going to Ohio State to compete to play next year. In their quarterback room alone, Ohio State has three five-stars, three five-star recruits. And they're all competing for the same position. So when I read that, my first thought, okay, who's going to transfer first? But I will say this is not going to be a precedent. It's an interesting story, but most kids aren't aren't graduating in three years. If anything, they'll go early 
after their senior season and they'll go on campus. John Paul Richardson, the name that you're going to hear, the son of Bucky Richardson, he's an awesome, awesome wide receiver for Oklahoma State. He went early, but he he played his senior season in high school and then he rolled in Oklahoma State in in the spring or whatever it was. But we've never seen, I've never seen somebody actually finish high school in three years so they can reclassify and go play as a true freshman. Yeah, it's, it's what a lot of kids do. And actually, a lot of kids get uh, ahead of the game when they graduate early and enroll in, at their new school in the spring. That, right, but um, a lot of kids aren't doing no, this. No, a lot of kids yeah. aren't doing this because you don't graduate high school in three years. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, you know, it is what it is. But, um, no, I, I just think the, the bigger issue here is the UIL needs to get with the times and not not hold it against kids to, to make money at the high school level. I mean, But you think that's why he's doing it? Because here's the thing. Yeah. Well... See, I'm going to say no because we just found out about NIL last year. He graduated in three years, so he had to be taking classes since his freshman year two, three years ago. So, Well, I think he's just, I think he was just maybe in an accelerated course of study. They said he was take, actually taking summer classes right now. What high schools typically, I mean, unless, unless you're like advanced placement or things like that, like normally you're not taking classes over the summer in a high school, but uh, unless you're in summer school because you failed, but. Uh, no, that might be a different because. But that's what this, this kid, he's taking it. He had one English credit left and he's mm-hmm. taking it this summer. So presumably in the next two weeks, he's going to be done as far as his high school coursework goes. But I'm saying not only, uh, and maybe I'm focused on the wrong thing that you said, but it may be a little different in Texas. Like I went to summer school, not because I failed, because I wanted to get all the real classes out of the way. So my senior year, I could take Photoshop, homemaking, uh, and all that. So, Well, at least when I was in high school, they, they we you couldn't do Like if you really? were at the summer class, Summer school, it's because you, you failed, and you had to make up a <laughs> So a, you couldn't a class. do it to get a little bit ahead? No. Oh, I did it because my senior year, I just went to walk the hallways and, and holler at the girls. So. I mean, there was no reason to get ahead like because you're thinking you're going to be there all four years. Like Nobody was thinking, I'm going to finish this in three years. No, but not so much finish. And, and again, we're getting off it, but I think it's interesting. It was more, I'm doing this so my senior year I can kind of relax and have fun with yeah. the courses that I'm taking. So with this guy, though, I think he had a plan because with him being the number one recruit, keep an eye on the young quarterback that Sean Salisbury is uh, training out of the Woodlands because mm-hmm. he's the same. He's cut from the same mold. He, he's a guy that is going to be a top three recruit in the country. He's the quarterback out of the Woodlands. I can see him taking more classes also and maybe at least have the opportunity to do what well, but, but, but the bigger picture here is the UIL in the state of Texas is saying – He's not eligible, like he wouldn't be eligible to play high school football this year because he's signing endorsement deals through the NIL. So, that the bigger picture is UIL needs to drop this because other states don't have this restriction. And I think very well, Quinn, you you know, yours would be playing high school football this year if the UIL said, yes, you're eligible to play. We're not going to restrict you at all. 713-212-5790. I promise that we'll put a cap on our high school football talk. The Houston Texans have pads on. What do we want to see with the pads on at that practice? We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Welcome in, welcome back. If you ain't talking money, then your talk doesn't matter. That's what the rapper just said in that line, and that's what the NBA players are saying before we get back to Houston Texan training camp talk. Get a load of some of these numbers. 
Trey Young signs a five-year extension, $270 million. Jared Allen, who, no, not Mike Jones, Jared Allen, center for the Cleveland Cavaliers, five years, $100 million. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, four years, $184 million. Lonzo Ball, who I always thought was a good, nothing more, nothing less player, four years, $85 million. And keep in mind, this isn't NFL. These contracts are guaranteed, fully guaranteed. Derrick Rose, a guy who was left for dead as far as his career, and I love his story. The way he's bounced back was either NBA Rookie of the Year or NBA MVP early in his career, suffered some injuries, fought through it. Three years, $43 million. Chris Paul, who's my age, signs a four-year deal over $120 million. So the NBA definitely not suffering when it comes to the money. Rockets made a pickup last night. Daniel Tice, big man. So uh, be interested to see how they build uh, this roster. But uh, a lot of people, from what, I've read, what, what I was reading, say it's a good signing. I don't know a whole lot about him. Watched a little film on him playing for the Bulls in the Heat. But, yeah, we'll see. The Texans, they have a $100 million man themselves. Yes, who is not at practice uh, today. If you missed it yesterday, late, when, when basically everybody was leaving the practice field yesterday, Deshaun Watson walked over to basically the training table out on the practice field and was getting worked on, pointing to his ankle. Uh, many say that it was a nagging injury and could be the start of something to come. And then today... Uh, everybody's on the practice field, and we find out Deshaun is not out there today. As Aaron Wilson said, he got his ankle slash foot examined by a trainer yesterday, and now the Texans are saying Deshaun not there because they're taking precautions because of his foot. Um, this is, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to go full conspiracy theorist, ND, but could this not have been orchestrated? Oh. Could the, Because David Culley was asked a few days ago, you know, he's like, hey, on Tuesday, we're going to be in full pads. Tuesday, we're going to be in full pads. Hey, is Deshaun going to be out there? Uh, there is no change in what Deshaun has been doing, is what David Culley said. So then suddenly, at the end of practice yesterday, where Deshaun ain't been doing a damn thing. Right. Oh, man, my ankle. Can you guys come look at this real quick? This, this foot, it's really bothering me. I don't know if that's conspiracy. I think that's definitely, <laughs> that, that's definitely the case. And it's obvious that... They don't want to put him out there. They don't want him to get hurt. They don't want some young uh, defensive lineman who's trying to prove himself get a little too close to the quarterback, and then they won't have a chance to. Uh, they won't have the chance to get as much value for him. Right. I, I, I would have been more surprised if he suited up and went out to practice today. I think, yeah. I mean, it, it behooves both team. Like, if Deshaun's never going to play for the Texans again, it behooves him to not be out there at practice. It behooves the Texans to say. You know, look, we got to keep you healthy, not risk an injury. Uh, so let's not have you out here in full pads when we're starting to hit. So it, it makes sense. It's just it's it's like this song and dance that we have to go through here on, you know. And I don't know if it's the NFL. I would love to talk to Troy Vincent and say, hey, are y'all making the Texans have Deshaun on the football field? Because I right. get the whole he has to show up to the facility so he doesn't get fined. But if I'm the... If I'm Cully, if I'm Nick Casario, if I'm uh, uh, McNair, I'm saying, hey, look, we understand you have to be here as a technicality. Go work out. Go go to the gym. Right. Uh, you and Quincy Avery, go to the other side. I wouldn't even want them outside because then the media is going to be out there. Go watch film or just go home. Like, you showed up, check in, punch <laughs> your time card. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, right. Because here's the thing. They got to – 
they have uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars to prepare for, and they're sitting here playing all these little games, having Deshaun Watson play scout team safety, uh, four-string quarterback. I don't believe many things are distractions, but this has actually become a distraction, e even for the players, whether or not they're going to admit it, whether or not they even feel it, it's becoming a distraction. Um, yeah, I saw So Big Sarge, who's going to join us a little bit, he tweeted out, I, I want a real answer now. Deshaun could still be in pads and do what he's been doing all training camp. And uh, somebody tweeted at him and said, it's the, it's the Mulligetta method. Request trade, get denied, fake an injury, repeat. Mm, I don't know if that's Mulligetta or if that's just the obvious. <laughs> that, look, they've been faking injuries since the beginning of the NFL. We had a quarterback that they wanted to keep when I was with the Philadelphia Eagles my rookie year. And they wanted to keep him, but they already had Ty Detmer, they already had Rodney Pete, and they had Bobby Hoying. And they wanted to keep this young guy who may or may not have been the brother of one of those guys. And I'll never forget, they orchestrated this deal where he was going to take a snap, roll his ankle, and they put him on IR. And that's exactly what they did. So this isn't a Mulligetta. This isn't a Deshaun Watson thing. This is something that's been around in the NFL. Well, I think the only one that's kind of done that was Jalen Ramsey. I mean, his other high-profile clients, mm. Michael Thomas, mm -hmm. uh, I think held out a day or two of Saints training camp and then eventually got paid. So there was nothing really there. And then Buda Baker, he got his big payday. So I don't... There hasn't necessarily been a big, you know, outside Jalen Ramsey, a big incident of Mulligan's clients. But, yeah, it, it's – but, again, this is different. Like, Jalen Ramsey just was unhappy with the – all those other cases were guys unhappy with their contracts right. and wanted their big payday. Deshaun's got his big payday. It's just he's unhappy with the Texans wanting to be traded on top of, oh, look, we've got all these massage therapists and lawsuits. And, you know, what do you do? Jason, what's going on, Jason? Thanks for calling. Hey guys, um, I got after hearing all this stuff about uh, Easterby, I kind of got a idea of a profile, and I want uh, your opinion to see if it meets the uh, profile I have of him. Y'all ever seen the John Wayne movie, The Hellfighters? I just missed it. I have not. Have you, Chris? Okay. No. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, it goes a lot better if you've seen the movie. Okay. Uh there's a scene right after Wayne retires from being an oil well firefighter to working in an oil company drilling for oil. He's up in this meeting, and there are three guys over there thumping their chest about how great they are because they have decided on what color to do the bathrooms. Okay? Okay. Then the discussion shifts to drilling for oil and they bring up two brothers who are wildcat drillers who find oil all over the place. But these three guys are like, no, we, we don't want to work with them. They're just too difficult. We don't like working with them. It's like Easter B is great at deciding what hot dogs to put in Ryan stadium, but doesn't want to deal with any players on their level. Mm-hmm. Did you get all that? Do you want to go watch the movie now? <laughs> I think we almost have to, to 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 see what he was what point he was trying to make there. Jacob, have you no. seen the movie? No, I haven't. That wasn't quite on the level of uh, Steve and Katie, uh, but it was pretty close. <laughs> and you know, he's from Katie also. Yeah, something's wrong with Katie. Something's something in the water, water there. Katie, 
What are y'all doing? John in Needville. What's up, John? All right, well, let me let me set the record straight. The, the, the movie was made after in portrayal of, of the great Red Aldair, who was the fire the oil firefighter based out of uh, Houston, okay? In mm-hmm. case y'all don't know who he is. Traveled all over the world, okay? And he's kind of off on it. I don't know where he was going with it, but... It is a great movie. It, 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 it really is. It's a great movie to, to see from back in those days. But anyway, let me let me let me get over here to uh, perverted number four. <laughs> Man, look, why is he okay, Andy? You hit the nail on the head with Deshaun Watson. Why you show up? I'm here. I did it. Get some popcorn. Go watch a movie. Go do whatever you want to do. You are a distraction. You no longer want to be here. Clock out and get the hell out of the facility because all you are doing is causing problems. You don't want to be in Houston no more. You are not going to play for the Texans. Why are you even on the field? And as far as in a a nagging injury, Chris, where does a nagging injury come from when he ain't doing nothing? That's what I said. Like, you haven't, I mean, you haven't done like, anything. How do you have a like foot that, injury? That other dummy up I-45 saying his shoulder's sore. You did nothing for almost a year. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sitting on your butt rehabbing the gross injury that you had, and, you know, hey, all praises to him. He's back out. He's playing ball. Um, that's great. I can't stand the Cowboys and Skeletor. But how is your shoulders sore when you've sat for a year? There's more to it than what they're saying, as there always is. And, Indy, you can vouch for this. You know as well as I do, especially during the season, they ain't putting nothing on no injury reports simply because of the almighty dollar in Vegas and the bookies. But, yeah, but you're, you're Deshaun right Watson, Deshaun Watson, he don't need to be around that place. And I'm just saying a certain person that's going to be calling in here at about 11-something every day who is Mr. Texan himself, Yanni Houston, he Yanni to get over Deshaun. He's gone. Let him go. I mean, he I don't even know why he show up and leave, man. You ain't part of this organization no more. You're not going to play a snap of ball for the Houston Texans. Here's the thing, I actually agree with you. 
I don't think he can leave. Like they 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 need to make it to where okay, you showed up so you don't get fined. Right. Now go right. go watch film somewhere. Go exactly. go go work out. I don't, I don't think it's him because he ain't playing ball nowhere. Because Roger ain't gonna let him play ball this year. Right. I don't There's think no way. I, not with with his with his legal actions. There's no way Roger's gonna. He. I don't know, man. I personally, like I said, I like him as a player. He does amazing things on the field. But like you and I agree on, Indy, he show up, get you some popcorn, stay here for 30 minutes. You are not to get in a hot tub. You are not to lift weights because then you're going to sue us because you are being made to come to the facility so you don't get fined. I'm like you. I would love to hear from Troy on how this is all going down with him. My man, John, appreciate you. I, I man, John, appreciate you. I, I don't think it's Deshaun saying, no, I want to be on the field to disrupt things. I That's where the NFL needs to step in or the Texans need to just say, hey, you showed up. You're not getting fined. Go sit in the corner. Quick timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches on this Tuesday Talking a little Houston Texan camp And we're going to join our In the Trenches insider at the camp Big Sarge of Big Sarge Media You can follow him on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports And that's with a Z He is out there watching the live practices Big Sarge, welcome back in the trenches Are they still practicing or are they done? No, they're still practicing. Uh, I think they're going to go to 11.30 or maybe a little bit afterwards, but they're still out there. Let me start out by saying, hey, Indy, happy birthday, man. I was going to buy you a bag of Little Debbie snacks. You know, I couldn't get you the honey buns like James Harden got a little baby, but I realized that you had stopped doing sweets. So, happy birthday, man. Well, appreciate that, and you joining us in the trenches is a gift enough. Uh, with the pads on, uh, are they really getting after it? I'm seeing Tennessee Titans, and they're dang they're doing bull in the ring and Oklahoma drills. Have they really been hitting, or is it more just putting the pads on for the sake of having them on? They're doing some light hitting, and I don't know if that's because they have fans in the stands today and they're going to wait until no one's around on tomorrow, but you know, they're doing a little bit of light hitting here and there, not doing anything that's going to get anybody, you know, hurt or, you know, getting everybody acclimated to having the pads on, and so no one is really going full strength right away. It's just, you know, a lot of walking through almost to just say, okay, we got the pads on, let's get acclimated to that. What about as far as like one-on-one drills? Everybody wants to see O-line, D-line when pads come on, but they might not do it on the first day. Have you seen anything hinting that they will do it? I know you said they might still have another hour of practice and you had to step away to get in the trenches. Uh, have you seen them working together yet? I haven't seen them uh, um, working together just yet, and I think that that, that may – they were doing 11-on-11 11 11, uh, right when I was getting well, – right in the middle of me leaving out. And so I haven't seen it just yet, so maybe they'll do it. They they normally tend to do it a little bit, like two or three times anyway. So maybe I'll be able to catch some of that a little bit later on. And, and I'm interested to see what uh, uh, how this offensive line and this defensive line are going to battle because they've been talking a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of noise talking amongst them, you know, when they're doing the 11-on-11. 11 11. So I'm waiting to see what they're going to look like in the past. So, Sarge, I know you tweeted out, 
you know, you want a real answer on what's going on with number four, why he can't just be doing what he's been doing all training camp. I, I, I'm i thinking a little bit conspiracy theorists here. I, I know they said yesterday, right at the end of practice, Deshaun went over to the training table and pointed to his ankle, said, oh, yeah, something with my foot. And then conveniently today, the day they're in full pads, Deshaun's not out there. You think this was orchestrated? Uh, Chris, uh, and I heard you um, saying that uh, right before the break. Yes, I believe it. And, Chris, you know, you and Indy know that. You know, I've taken up for the Texans and said, you know, I like the way that they're doing the thing as far as Deshaun is concerned and not letting everybody in on what's going on. And you don't let everybody in on the business of the house. But, like, right now this is ridiculous because there's nothing that he couldn't do that, that he couldn't do with the pads on that he has not been doing. He's been participating in the quarterback drills, and then after that, when it's time for the 7-on-7 seven seven or the 11-on-11, 11 11, he sits back and just watch. For the most part, he doesn't even stand behind the offense. He stands sometimes behind the defense on the sideline. Like, he's not involved in any of the first-team, second-team reps when it comes to those type of drills that's going to require contact. And so now I'm starting to say you can't give us the same answer, David Cully, of nothing has changed because clearly something has changed now. With him putting on shoulder pads and, and with him putting on pads in general would not have changed anything. He would have just been Deshaun Watson in pads. And so I didn't see – there was nothing that he could have done to tweak his ankle or to tweak his foot unless he's walking from one field to the other. Because even during the, the quarterback drills, all he was doing was barely dropping back and throwing the ball. Now, I can't specifically say that this man isn't hurt. But from what I have observed from the last six days that they've had training camp, he's done nothing physically to require him to be on the injured reserve right now. When you also look at everything going on, I want to step away from that drama. When you look at the running back position, because I think that's going to be a nice little battle. I heard Philip Lindsay say that this is the best running back group that he's been around in his career. I don't know if he's just saying that because he's here in Houston. Uh, but what are you looking for now that they have pads on with Mark Ingram, with David Johnson, with Philip Lindsay? Well, I, I put it like this. To me, Philip Lindsay and David Johnson, and I don't know if I said this before, but Philip Philip Lindsay and David Johnson, if you could combine them and make one back, then you would have that because Philip Lindsay is a very good rusher. David Johnson is not. But David Johnson is a very good pass catcher out of the backfield, and Philip Lindsay is not. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to do them. Are they going to move, you know, Philip Lindsay into the starting position? Because right now they have David Johnson taking a lot of first-team reps, and they're, they're mixing them in, in and out. But when they first start out, David Johnson is in the backfield. But you can see that Philip Lindsay is way more explosive getting through the holes than David Johnson. And with Mark Ingram, I don't know if Mark Ingram is even going to make the team or not, but if they do keep him around, it'll definitely be because he has that leadership. And I think we talked about that on yesterday. He has that leadership. One person that I have been paying close attention to, and I don't know if he'll ever get a snap, but maybe he'd be good for special teams, is Dontrell Hilliard. He has made the most of every opportunity he has been given during training camp. Every time he goes all out, and I, and we, I guess when you have that mentality of, I got to make this team, I got to make this team, that's what you do. But he has been one of the people that I have been watching. And, you know, Rex Burkhead, just because I, you know, never seen him in person. He looks really different with his helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, Sarge, thought on the defense, because I know Lonnie Johnson was back out there today. We know they're going to miss Bradley Roby for the first game of the season. 
I, I just had some big concerns when it comes to that secondary. And I know they've made some plays throughout training camps, pick sixes here and there, but what have you seen from the secondary? Because in my mind, that's the most glaring thing that needs to improve going into this season. They have made some some strides, and I think that, you know, when you have a defense coordinator like Lovey Smith, somebody who has proven that they know the game, they know they definitely know defense, it's almost like they're going out there and trying to not let him down. And so, of course, Justin Reed has been outstanding. And Lonnie is back now, so we're going to see what, what he's going to be like. And, and I like that, that combination of Lonnie Johnson and Justin Reed because you got Justin Reed, the mind, and then you got Lonnie Johnson, the, the brawn. And I'm not saying that Eric, uh, Justin Reed, excuse me, will not lay a hit on you, but he will. But I also want to see what, you know, Vernon Hargrave is going to do. I want to see what Eric Murray is going to do. They, they haven't, you know, blown me away just yet. Bradley Roby, of course, is, is, um, the, the number one cornerback on the team. And I'm just going to say this, Chris. Uh, if he had to go up against people like, uh, let's just say Nico Collins, which he does within his division against, um, Brown and, uh, Julio Jones coming out of Tennessee, it's going to be hard because Nico just embarrassed him today. Like, like really embarrassed him. And so hopefully, you know, that's a wake up call saying now we're in the past. Now we're in training camp, like training camp has really started. And so. he's going to have to step his game up because he's going to be playing against way better competition than Nico Collins. Terrence Mitchell as well. I like him. Before I let you go, if I was out there with pads on, the one matchup, and regardless of position, the one matchup I would want to see Charles Omenehu pass rush against Laramie Tunsil, whether it's O-line versus D-line, running backs versus linebackers, receivers versus DBs, what's the one matchup you want to see with pads on? With pads on, I want to see, and this started on yesterday, and don't laugh at me when I say this, Indy, okay? This started on yesterday. I want to see Laramie Tunsil and Whitney Merciless because Whitney was really struggling in the beginning, having his position changed and him having to put his hand back in the dirt for the first time in over 10 years. But on yesterday, you could see that now he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Now, I'm not saying he's going to blow anybody away, but you can see he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Maybe some of, you know, some of the stuff that he did in college is coming back to him because he beat Laramie off the line yesterday a lot. But Laramie being Laramie, with that, that reach and that power that he had, was able to get his hands on him and to slow him down. But he's starting to react quicker off the ball, watching that snap, watching the ball coming off. And so that's what I'm interested to see, how much how much improvement is Whitney Mercer's going to be with his hand in the dirt now. But if it's anything like it was yesterday, I'm definitely encouraged. It's another person that I'm looking at, and I don't know if he'll make the team. I don't know if he'll make the team or not, but he will, he, he'll probably be on the practice squad. But Roy Lopez is one of those guys, and I wrote an article about him on uh, BigStarSports.com. He has the, the his, his leverage and his ability to get off the ball real quick is really good. He just doesn't have the strength. And so he fires and explodes off the ball, but once, they get, once the offensive lineman gets his hands on him, he's done. He's taken out of the play. He can't get to the quarterback. He's not stopping the run because he can't get away from the offensive lineman. So I'm looking to see how he's going to progress as well. 
No, I saw that article you wrote, Lopez hoping to sign during his uh, rookie camp, and I started to keep my eye on him. Appreciate you, as always. Can't wait to get you back in the trenches and out of that hot humidity. Thanks for being the In the Trenches insider with the Houston Texans football camp. Thank you all for having me. All right, quick timeout if you want to jump in the trenches, 713-212-5790. Jeff, J Money, we see you there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches exclusively on Sports Talk 790. Actually have some football that will be taking place in two days as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys have the first preseason game of the season. Some hitting going on today around the NFL first day of pads, but one player may have been taking this hitting thing a little too serious. Yeah, Dirty Rice Owl out there. Uh, Defensive back JT, I guess it's eBay, IBE, uh, spent the first four years of his college career at Rice, transferred to South Carolina, played two years at Rice, so he was a six-year college football player. Been in the NFL, signed with the Panthers earlier this offseason, and today at practice, Keith Kirkwood, former Saints wide receiver, now Carolina Panther wide receiver, was taken off the practice field on a stretcher after taking a nasty hit from eBay eBay was subsequently tossed out of the practice as Kirkwood left the field in an ambulance. Uh, He was reportedly moving his limbs and was taken off the field. Kirkwood is 26 years old, played one game for the Panthers last year. Well, just came out a little while ago from Adam Schefter. The Panthers have now cut JT eBay. So I saw the video. Again, it's kind of from far away at, at the practice. It doesn't look like a dirty hit. It doesn't look malicious, but... I guess the Matt Rule and his coaching staff trying to prove a point. And, man, to go from you make a hit, you get kicked out of practice, and then within an hour you're no longer on the team, pretty rough morning for JT eBay. I will say this, and I never want to joke until you know that the player is okay, so I'm thankful to hear about his limbs. And not even joke. I don't want to get too off topic. I've seen the video. It is – it's a bang bang play. Like when I heard that one, the player was injured, and then they kicked the defensive player JT eBay, former Rice Owl, graduated from Rice actually, and he was a grad transfer to South Carolina. I thought, oh man, it, 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 like I braced myself because it, it was going to be vicious. It was going to be cheap. It was a bang bang play, and when you start kicking guys off the off the team because you're trying to prove a point, if you're Matt Rule. You're going to lose the respect of other players. And again, this is radio, so the the people, the great people who are listening to In the Trenches, they can't see what we're looking at. But I'm telling you, and you can trust me, in a game, it would have warranted a penalty, but you would not have questioned whether or not he was trying to hurt the player. So for him to be kicked out of practice and to be cut because of that, I'm telling you, players on that team are going to look at Matt Rule a little differently. Like, oh, he's trying to pretend to be a tough guy, but he's a fake tough guy. Yeah, they... as Adam Schefter said, it was a, it was a hit to the head, and that's what brought the, the practice to a halt and, and everything. So, yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, but man, it's you know when you look at this kid, JT Bay. I mean, was a three time Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll list, like you said, graduated from Rice, played his high school ball at Mansfield, Texas. I mean, a real smart kid. Like this is. 
it's just an unfortunate situation. And and I'm not a big comment guy because <laughs> I think the great thing about social media is everybody has a voice. And I think the worst thing about social media is everybody has a voice. But I'm looking at the video and the first comment looks to me like JT eBay's the scapegoat because I, I don't see any. I'll just read it the way he has it. I see nothing vicious or malicious about this play. Then I see another one. To me, it seems like heat of the moment play. I can see why he was kicked out of practice, but in all caps, I don't think he should be cut. Uh, I mean, there's most of the comments I'm looking at, and I'm not skipping. I see a couple of uh, tweets saying no need to be a training camp hero. Well, first of all, that's <laughs> that's a lie. When you're trying to make a team, yes, you are trying to be the training camp hero. But my point is, it was a bad hit. It hurt the player. I don't think it was malicious, and I don't think he should have been cut. I, I personally don't even think he should have been kicked out of practice. It should have been more of a teaching moment. They said it was a classic defenseless receiver. No point in any of that in the situation, much less against your own teammate. Matt Rule talking with the media a little while ago said the hit was completely unacceptable was very furious and talking with reporters. Sounds good. But, again, I don't see a malicious hit. But maybe Matt Rule has played the game at a fast – when you look at the speed, I mean, there's no way for him to even stop. There's no way for him to slow down. He's trying to make a team. He's trying to make a play. 713-212-5790. I, I, it'll be very curious to see how the team actually reacts to it. Now – when you look at Carolina, there's a bunch of young players who are trying to make a name for themselves. So you're not going to have guys speak out against Matt Rule. But I'm sure behind closed doors, I'm sure when they're in the locker room sitting next to each other after practice, they're going to be like, especially on the defensive side, man, that's BS. How did you cut him because of that hit? Jay Money, what you got, Jay Money? Indeed. In Lee. Yes, sir. What's, what's up, fellas? How are you? Indeed. This is starting. This is starting to become a circus. The way they're doing Deshaun over there. Now, the league should have, or even Cal McNair should have better sense. Or so whoever this is that's making this call to, you know, to parade him on defense and all of this other stuff. Uh, if whatever decision they're gonna make, they need to make that and stop ridiculing the young man out there, not only in front of the fans, but in the public eye. And how much longer is this going to continue? If you've made a decision to move on, you need to move on. But don't sit here and ridicule one of the most talented young men in the league, and you don't think other people out there ain't watching this also. And this is why a lot of times Houston has an issue whether any of the sports teams about top-notch players wanting to come here. But if this is the way Cal McNair is going to allow his general manager and coaches to parade one of the most magnificent young men that Houston has ever had when he asked to be traded, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to have problems in the near future. But in closing, Indy, happy birthday, and hope to see you down the road. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, as always, always being a part of the show. It's a difficult situation, but it's not that difficult unless the NFL is making this whole Deshaun Watson needing to report more difficult than it needs to be. Look. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More than likely, he's not playing for the Texans ever again. We do know the fact is if he doesn't show up, he gets fined $50,000. I have to believe that the NFL is saying if you have a healthy guy show up, you have to put him on the field because it is such an easy decision. And I think Deshaun Watson would be on board if they told him, thanks for showing up. You're not getting fined. Now go do whatever you want indoors. Go, go train. You know, go get on the phone. Go talk to your lawyers. You don't have to come on the field. And the first day, reporters will ask about it. But then after a while, by now, we wouldn't even be thinking about it. We'd be talking about pads. We'd be talking about, uh, you know, what Ross Blacklock is looking like with pads on. Uh, Titus Howard is working at every single offensive line position except for the center position. You know, we'll be talking about actual football, but the way it's being played out now, I have to believe the NFL is part of the reason why they can't just – make that decision and allow him to go sit. In well, the did corner. you see yesterday the uh with fans out there at one point Deshaun walked over to him and waved at him and they went nuts, you know. So, I, you know, when we talk about being a distraction, it, it's it's a, it's a distraction from the standpoint of like he's a great player. He and he's not playing. He's not practicing. The fans love him. There's Deshaun jerseys everywhere like you, you you need somebody needs to intervene, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the players union, somebody and say, get this guy off the field. If he's not gonna play here, you don't want him to play here, and he doesn't want to play here, it's he shouldn't be out here. He should go do his own thing, go practice on his own, you know, be away from all this. And you're right. With the sh- like every day of the past few days, and I know you don't like it, but like the last few days, every day Deshaun has been the topic, and that's what all the tweets are with all the media out there. And they're doing it because it is the story. It is. Whether we want to ignore it or not. Take him off. Now we can focus on football. Now we can focus on what this team is going to look like. And can, can they win a game? Quick timeout. In the trenches. Only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. Stand up. Get your hands up. With N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back. One hour down, one hour to go this Tuesday. And now we get to bring on a guy that I've always admired from afar, known him for years now. I was going back and looking at the DMs because I was asking him to join us today. And we were, we've been DMing since 2014. So this is my homeboy. He's officially my homeboy. And every time I need him, he's stepped up to the plate, does a great job writing for the Athletic. Sam Khan Jr. joining us in the trenches to talk a little college football and recruiting, especially with what we've heard and what we talked about yesterday and today with the star quarterback out of South Lake Carroll, Quinn Ewers, going and foregoing his senior year and enrolling at Ohio State. Sam, what's going on, brother? It's ND and Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I am good. It was great seeing you over at Texas A&M during that camp not too long ago, and I appreciate you jumping in the trenches with us. That that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it happened since then. But, yes, no, I was glad. It was nice to get out and do some in-person 
coverage of recruiting, and uh, hopefully I'll get to some more actual football here pretty soon. Oh, yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about. And for those that don't know, again, you can follow him at S-K-H-A-N-J-R, and you can also write uh, read his writings at The Athletics, so make sure you check him out. Okay, I was talking about uh, Quinn Ewers. I know most of our listeners don't know him by name, but what they need to know is he's the number one recruit He's a quarterback coming out of South Lake Carroll. And he's not sitting out, Sam, like the kid in Houston who's going to play at UT next year who's just not playing, but he's going to work out, go to school. This dude said, I'm done with school. I'm enrolling at Ohio State. Do you see that becoming a trend, or is this is he so elite at what he does? This is not something we're going to see every year. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a frequent trend. I think we'll hear about it a lot because it's a bit of a novelty and, and the this is not the first time this has happened. JT Daniels did this. Jake Bentley did this. There are other quarterbacks who have reclassified into a previous class, graduated the year early to go enroll in college. But Quinn Ewers is the first one to do it with NIL being part of the decision making. Uh, that I think will happen from time to time, but I think it's going to be rare just because there aren't going to be many guys like Quinn Ewers who are A, in an academic position to do it, B, ready physically to go to go do it and have enough money waiting for them on the other end like Quinn Ewers does. So while I think it will happen and we'll hear about it, I don't think it's going to be this large trend where you're going to see a bunch of seniors opting out or, or I should say graduating early uh, of their final years and going into college. With him going to Ohio State and enrolling, they're going to have three five-stars, three young five-stars, uh, all fighting for the starting quarterback position. Are, are you already predicting, because I am, that one or two of those guys are going to transfer before it's all said and done? Yeah, I, I don't know if they will before kickoff, but certainly after this season, it, one of them, you would imagine, would go. That's just kind of the way it goes, right? It's in a quarterback competition, the winner starts and loser transfers. So that's kind of the era we're in in college football. So I, I can't imagine that all those guys who, who are five-star prospects who are expecting to start would hang around another year if it looks like they're third on the depth chart. Now, the guy who ends up number two, uh, you know, it could be another, it could be another story, but, and Quinn is probably not going to be in the forefront because he's not going to be around for the start of camp that I think they're starting September 2nd, I'm uh, August 2nd or August 3rd, I guess. I think they're starting today or tomorrow. So, uh, he's not going to be ready to go and, and practice right away. He will be in, there in camp and be able to participate, but, I would be a little surprised if I saw him play much at all this season. Sam, take us through a little bit of the circus that you've been covering here the last 24 hours at the state Senate hearing in Austin. Uh, you know, we've seen some of the viral clips, and man, it's it, it's unreal how sometimes politics and sports intertwine. And here we are with a bunch of state leaders of you know different backgrounds, some TCU grads, some Baylor grads, and kind of letting their feelings be known as Texas and Oklahoma are leaving for the SEC. But what do you make of everything that went on yesterday at the at the state Senate? You know, it was interesting. I like to say no place mixes college football and politics quite like Texas. I think back in Indiana, I know you'll appreciate this. Uh, there was some of this type of talk back in the mid-1990s when the Southwest Conference broke up and the Big 12 was formed. There was a lot of political involvement with state leaders uh, in, in how that all went down. But I, I thought yesterday was fascinating. Obviously, the one-liners and the cracks, you know, like Willis Colcourt is getting off the crack about Texas being 3-7 and seven against TCU. Uh, th- those were interesting. But I think what 
was most fascinating to me is just the amount of details that we got that we hadn't really gotten yet. Texas President Jay Hartzell said that he started talking to the OU president back in the fall about uh, what the future college sports was and whether or not they felt comfortable in the Big 12 long term. He said that he reached out to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, back in the spring. So this was the first time that we really got a real timeline and a real description from Texas on why they're making this move and how it went down. And I think that's helpful in understanding how we arrived at this point. Did, did I hear, Sam, that there's a possibility if tech if basically the Big 12 can prove that there's some collusion there between Texas and the SEC and ESPN, that there's a way that they could get out of paying Texas and Oklahoma their TV rights fees for this coming season? So, so what happens is, is that the way the bylaws are written, Texas and Oklahoma, if they leave early, would be on the hook for the TV rights. They have to forfeit the TV rights if they leave before 2025, plus they have to pay the conference what they owe. That's why all these announcements have been have said 2025 is a leave date because Texas and OU are publicly saying they're going to stay. Now, do we expect them to stay? I don't. I, I would expect that they're going to try to negotiate their way out. And, of course, the Big 12 is going to do everything it can to try to keep it together and keep those two teams in the league because the longer they're in the league, the more money they can make because as soon as those two schools exit the league, then ESPN and Fox can come to the Big 12 and say, hey, you've lost two members, we need to renegotiate the contract. And one thing that was interesting yesterday was that Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said that Texas and OU probably account for 50% of the value of the TV revenue that the Big 12 distributes to every school each year. So you'd be looking at every school taking a hit of at least $14 million a year in TV rights. That's a lot of money for those departments. They get $28 uh, million every year from the, from the Big 12 as it stands now. So those are massive hits, and those that's what they're they're trying to prevent now. Whether there could be some litigation, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out at all because I think that's one of the interesting things about yesterday was that Bob Bowlesby feels like bylaws have been violated in the way this went down. Jay Hartzell of Texas contends that they haven't been and that they did everything by the book. I get the SEC is going to bring more money, more eyes to University of Texas and Oklahoma. But you, you follow this, you, you write on this, you you follow college football a lot more closely than I do. Are you telling me, Sam, that it's better to be a run-of-the-mill SEC team than potentially dominating the Big 12, as OU has done over the last, what, five, six years? That that And that's the fascinating part about this, is I think right now in 2021, the move seems like it doesn't make a lot of sense. What... I think Hartzell and, and Joe Harris, though you president, would say is that this move isn't about 2021. It's about what it's going to look like in 2025 and beyond that. And the thing is, is it, are the football programs going to be in a better spot competitively? No, because that's a much more difficult conference. I mean, the SEC is, I think, without question, the toughest conference to compete in in the country from a football standpoint, just with the depth of the assets. Look, how, look at how many – NFL draft picks they put in every year. That, that This is the toughest conference without question. But financially, it's going to be a huge windfall for these universities. And I'm not, and I'm talking about a, Texas as a program that doesn't necessarily need that because they're number one in the country in athletic revenue. But I think you could see that number increase by 40, I mean, 50, 60, maybe even double what they get in media rights now when it's all said and done because of how big the TV contract that the SEC has signed with ESPN that will kick in 2024, 
that number is going to get them well above where they are right now in the media rights distribution. I think that combined with the recruiting advantages that come with the SEC, you've seen A&M benefit from being in the SEC in recruiting. I think Texas has seen that and noticed that, and I think they want to try to put themselves on an even playing field in that regard as well. So, Sam, how do we see constant replays of the 05 Rose Bowl if the te- if the Longhorn Network goes away? That that's that's the thing that was in, well. Another thing that was interesting that came out of that is Hartzell said that the expectation would be that they're going to wind down the Longhorn Network. And when and how that happens, they still need to work that out. But because all the SEC schools pool their third tier rights on the SEC network, Texas and OU would have to do the same. So that means for for Texas, that means the Longhorn Network would be no more. What's your gut feeling? Will the Big Twelve be around in five years, or will all the teams scatter to other Power Five conferences? I do think it has a chance to survive. Now, whether it's in its current form and expanded with other schools added or whether they try to reach some kind of alliance or merger with the Pac-12 or another league, that remains to be seen. But I do think they'll likely stay together because I don't think the other schools in the Big 12 bring enough value to those other conferences that are going to make those conferences say, you know what, if we add, if the Pac-12 says Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, we'll bring you in and you'll increase the revenue for the other 12 schools in the league. I don't see those leagues making that estimation. And because of that, that's why I don't think – it's going to be hard, I think, for those other eight schools to find a home in one of those conferences. But I do think you could see some creative uh, uh, problem-solving in the way that maybe Bob Bowlesby goes to the Pac-12 commissioner, goes to one of the other commissioners and says, hey, let's form some kind of schedule alliance or let's partner on our TV rights or something like that. And if they do that, I think you could see the Big 12 add some teams, maybe Houston SMU, maybe Cincinnati UCF, something like that, to try and make its rights a little bit more attractive. Well, your Cougars open up with Texas Tech. So if y'all put a whooping on Tech, I could see the Big 12 <laughs> saying, hey, why, why don't y'all come on over here so we could do this every single year. Sam, as always, appreciate your knowledge, your expertise, and the fact that you're joining us. Have a great, great day, and we'll be speaking with you during the college season. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Y'all take care. All right, Sam Khan Jr. joining us in the trenches. When we come back, another huge player for the Indianapolis Colts expected to miss 5 to 12 weeks. Darius Leonard? No. Uh, it better not be Quentin Nelson. It's called the tease, ND. I'll tell you who it is Quentin after Nelson. this. Only on Sports Talk 790. This is serious business. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches exclusively on Sports Talk 790. Enjoying this Tuesday afternoon as we have the Olympics on in the background. I'll say this, the young woman who's uh, competing in the kayaking, I'm a little bit envious of her upper body. I I need to work on my back and my lats because she is yoked. And Jacob, you're younger than me, so am I just getting prude in my old age? Or maybe because I have two daughters and I think women should be respected. I respect the sport of beach volleyball and what they have to do and how thick the sand. And trust me, I've trained on sand like that and it's tough. Do they really have to be out there in a thong? Like, like, aren't they great enough athletes to where if they're wearing regular spandex or regular shorts, we'll still respect what they're doing? Honestly, I don't really know what the rules are mm-hmm. uh, for beach volleyball. I do know that there was um, 
there was a some kind of it wasn't the Olympics. It was another. It was another. Uh, it's like a world championship for uh, some kind of. I think it was might have been beach volleyball or something like that. But there was a, a team that didn't want to wear. They wanted to wear shorts, and apparently it was like against the rules, and they were going to get fined for it. But really? it wasn't the Olympics. I don't. And they'll in the Olympics, and, and you see this too in track and field. Some 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 of the women will wear uh, shorts uh, as opposed to uh, as a bikini, but. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are for beach volleyball, but I would assume that if if the women wanted to, they they could wear something else. But I don't know. I guess that's just how they've always done. Sand it. sticks to everything, so I'd re- you'd rather wear as little as possible, right? But you like the, the wind beach volleyball. Shorts, the you, are you telling me if they had wind shorts or even spandex that go to their their middle of their thigh that it would affect their performance? Hey, look, I know how prude I sound right now, but I'm saying like the sport is entertaining enough where you don't have to, you, they don't have to wear, what, what do the men wear? Do they play? Yeah. Yeah. They wear, they usually just wear shorts. Like regular shorts. I think so. Yeah. So why can't the women? I, maybe they can and they choose not to. I don't know. I really don't know. It's very uncomfortable watching that with your wife and pretending you're not looking at anything well we had an issue last night one of our friends has a teen uh soon to be teenage daughter i think she's 14 and she that's a teenager yeah she was asking about the male track stars and why there's a bulge she uh, doesn't know she's 14 no. yeah well, so she, they had that that discussion maybe she's 13 she's about to be a nun <laughs> i don't know first I don't of all raise kids what school? What are they teaching her? Well, that 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 was a whole other discussion. And what when did we learn about the birds and the bees in school? Well, I learned it from the Benny Hill show. <laughs> really? Yeah. We got to pay off on our tees. Uh, the big news coming out of the NFL. Breaking news: Quentin Nelson has the same foot injury as Carson Wentz. He is scheduled to have surgery in Indianapolis later today with the same doctor that Wentz did. Uh, his surgery with similar five to 12 week timeline for Quentin Nelson. So now everybody's up in arms going, what in the hell is going on in Indianapolis where you have your starting quarterback and now you're starting left guard, both done for at least a couple of months. So uh, if you, if you bet the under on win total for the Colts, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. Especially if they're out 12 weeks. Yeah, that's, that's serious. I mean, that's going to, that's going to be that's going to cost them at least three or four wins for sure. This is going to sound crazy because Carson Wentz is the quarterback and Quentin Nelson is the offensive guard. When I heard about it with Carson Wentz, I thought ah, it sucks for him. Hopefully he'll get better. When I heard that it was Quentin Nelson, I thought that's bad for the NFL. He's appointment setting viewing when it comes to offensive line play. He he's fun to watch. He's one of the baddest guards you'll ever see. And when I say he gives that extra effort, he climbs to the second, third level to get three blocks on one play. I mean, you you tune in just to watch him. Well, not to sound insensitive here, mm-hmm. but thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to be doing something later this month, Andy. And we having their fantasy football drafts. How much does this factor in? Are you taking T.Y. Hilton now, knowing Carson Wentz? Is it going to be throwing the ball? It might be Jacob Eason. Are you buying in on Jonathan Taylor, the running back for Indianapolis, now knowing one of his best blocker blockers is not going to be in there for several weeks? Again, it's just the the domino effect of this. No, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely, definitely uh, affects uh, your 
But then you get those guys cheap, knowing that they'll be back in five weeks, and you gamble on they're actually going to be more valuable than you currently see or feel that they're going to be right well, that, now. Well, that's what this timetable is funny. I saw uh, Mike Vrabel was asked about it this morning at Titans camp, and he kind of laughed at the. He said, "Man, that's that's a pretty big timetable, five to twelve weeks. Like you're literally talking." Carson Wentz could miss week one and be back week two. Or he could miss three months of the season. Like, that's that's what's so funny about that timetable. 713-212-5790. Reggie. What's up, Reggie Reg? Hey, guys. How you doing? How are you? Hey, I find it mighty strange that the man who watched volleyball for the vertical jump has a problem with the women on the bikinis at the beach. Now, you know why, Reg? They're athletes. We should be watching them for their athletic performances, not because of what they're not covering up. Oh, same thing with the ladies in volleyball, huh? For their athletic ability and not the tight spandex shorts they're wearing. Exactly. Yep. Hey, uh, Kalu, man, I was very disappointed today to look up and see the celebrity's birthday today and not see your name on the list. You know, they, they've been hating on me since the 90s, Reg. I just roll with it. <laughs> and uh, he, you celebrate with Tom Brady today. Did you know that as well? He celebrates with me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, Gordon, it is for you, man. Uh, in a couple of years, with the uh, if Nick Saban is gone, uh, how much parity you see in the uh, Southwest Conference if uh, Oklahoma and Texas has to see out the contract? And I don't see uh, – uh, Leach being at being in a South East Conference, nor uh, Kiffin, because Kiffin is gonna uh, sh- uh, show that he's not really a good coach, and uh, Leach will be somewhere on Mars trying to figure out how to get back home. <laughs> but uh, well, no, to your uh, to your point, real quick, the the SEC, the parity in the SEC will be at an all time high once Saban retires, because and this is saying I don't know who's gonna, who's going to replace him at Alabama. But God help that person, whoever it is, because they'll never be able to live up to expectations. But the reality of the situation is, if Saban had left Alabama a decade ago, LSU would have had at least one more national championship, because remember, they went undefeated in 2011, lost Alabama in a rematch in the championship. Auburn probably would have had another title. Texas A&M last year at 9-1. and you know, maybe if they, if Bama's not Bama, they go undefeated and they're in the playoff last year. So Georgia, remember they had to beat them again or try to you know play them in the matchup in uh, the playoff and lost to them. So yeah, the parity would be will be at an all time high. It doesn't mean the SEC won't still dominate, win a lot of national championships, but it would be way more spread out than this Bama dominance of whatever it is five championships in nine years. Hey uh, Andy, so with this uh, coming along. How many of the players, I mean, high schoolers, you think will leave the state of Texas and go and play in the other schools in the uh, Southeast Conference because they'll be able to have their family come to be able to watch them more? And that's going to be the problem I see with a lot of the other Texas schools. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
No, absolutely. Appreciate the call. As always, Reggie Reg. Here's the thing. I, a lot of, of the guys that were considering TCU, that were considering Baylor, that were considering Oklahoma State and had other options, I think they are going to wait and see for the ones that have time to wait and see what's going to become of the Big 12 because – to me, the Big 12 was a good conference. It, it, SEC is the best conference in the in college football, but I didn't turn my nose at the Big 12. You'd be stupid to. The Pac-12, the ACC, you know, I kind of put them all on the same, all the Power 5 conferences on the same level outside of SEC. But now with your two biggest teams leaving to the SEC, it's definitely going to affect recruiting. It's definitely going to – a guy that had an offer or has an offer from Baylor and UT – and if he was leaning towards Baylor because they were in the same conference and now UT's in the SEC, I can see uh, you know your top recruits starting to go because they want to compete against the best. A few more things real quick. Did we mention Tyrod Taylor's birthday too? Somebody did. Yeah, it's ty- yesterday. Ty- it's Tyrod's birthday, Tom Brady's birthday, MD Kalu's birthday. So big day for, for birthdays. A few things from training camp, just kind of looking around the league. So Colts moving on without Carson Wentz. Apparently... Uh, they said Jacob Eason actually threw a couple really nice balls today, and then Sam Ellinger put together a really nice, impressive two-minute drill to end practice. So, arrow pointing up for both those guys. Over at Giants practice, a fight broke out during team drills. Corey Clement got popped at the end of a run. Evan Ingram went in to defend him and hit whoever popped Clement. <laughs> Logan Ryan came in and hit Ingram, and a scrum ensued, and a furious Joe Judge broke everyone up on the goal line, and sent him to run wind sprints. Oh, God, this is Joe Judge. <laughs> him and his running. So yesterday you reported a bad day or a bad period by the defense. Right. So he made the whole no, def- it, Wrong substitution. Wrong substitution, which is a coaching task, by the way, <laughs> to control that. So he makes the whole defense and some defensive coaches run a lap. And now grown men who are playing one of the most violent sports out there happen to get heated and get in a fight, and he gets upset and makes them run wind sprints. He will not last. Yeah, I'll give him two years, two more years as the head coach for the New York Giants. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He he was with the Patriots the last decade plus over there under Jack Easterby and Nick Casario. Yeah, I'm not impressed with with this judge guy. Uh, one more note: this one coming from Jets camp. Apparently, Jets are. are um, they've ended their practice. They had a, they don't have the name. It says a Jets backup old lineman went down and is surrounded by trainers. Cart coming out right away. Jets have now camp- canceled practice after the injury. The trainers have the stretcher out. Now it says the Jets are bringing an ambulance onto wow. the field. Trainers surrounding the down player. So haven't seen who the name is yet, but just kind of some some craziness going on around training camps. Without you even telling me about the ambulance, I knew it was serious because. Typically, when you get hurt, all they do is move the drill 10 yards either direction so they can continue practice. So when you said that they stopped practice, that lets me know that it might be Here it serious. is, second-year offensive lineman Cameron Clark being placed on the spinal board. Oh. May the Lord be with him, and hopefully, prayfully, it's not anything too serious. Quick timeout, Statman, we see you there. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back. A couple more segments to go on this Tuesday. We're over here in the trenches while they're getting in the trenches on the football field over at NRG. 
And the Houston Methodist Training Center as they get ready for the season. It, it just bothers me that while every other team appears to be getting ready for their first game, ready for the season, we're still here sifting through this whole what's going on with the quarterback deal. It's going to hurt the team in the long run when the season starts. Statman, what's going on, Statman? Hey, Andy, um, just a couple things. So you mentioned uh, Judge, that new coach for the Giants. Oh, my gosh, are they just retreading all over again? Coughlin was the biggest jerk there ever was, and he ran himself out of the Giants and also out of the Jaguars twice. Um, but on a different note, my uh, my friends now are all joining my Detroit Lions because they like that, that new coach and you know hiring all those former players. And then the last thing I was going to say is that I guess the older uh, Miss Ford is gone and a younger Miss Ford is there now. I guess Sheila Ford half, but uh, I wish they would have stuck with Caldwell. I think that he was a great coach, but I'll I'll hang up and listen. No, Dan Campbell is very intriguing. Uh, you, you mentioned the Detroit Lions head coach and why your friends are kind of jumping on that bandwagon. Now, he says the right things. He, he has fun at his press conferences. When it's all said and done, they have to get the victories. They have to get the W's on the field. But it is going to be uh, you know, interesting and intriguing to watch what he does as a head coach. I wanted to bring this up real quick, Andy. The uh, NFL prop bets are out for quarterback battles in across the NFL this season. So I wanted to run through some of these and see if you think any of them are good odds to bet on. Because right now, you know, there were some guys who were projected to be the favorites, but not counting out, somebody else could beat them out. So we'll start with the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback in Week One. Odds on favorite right now. Corner Vegas, Jacob Eason is minus 125 to be the favorite. Behind him, Nick Foles is plus 300. Again, they would have to on the team, right, right. They'd have to trade for right. him. Uh, Brett Hundley plus 500. Sam Ellinger, who is the second string quarterback in Indy now, he's plus 550. And Marcus Mariota plus 600. There came out a report that the Colts are very high on trading for Mariota from the Raiders prior to. Acquiring Carson Wentz, so Marcus Mariota is still a possibility. I'm not saying this for effect. I'm not saying this to have a fake hot take. I really think Sam Ellinger is going to be that guy. He's a winner. Wow. He he's he's going to dedicate the season to his lost brother. I think he's going to have a special special season. Well, let's throw fifty bucks on plus five fifty. Win a little win a little money there. Texans starting quarterback in Week One. They have Tyrod Taylor. Minus 500, so the overwhelming favorite. But you get some value. Davis Mills is plus 300. Deshaun Watson plus 700 to start week one for the Texans. See, starting week one, it's Terod Taylor. Obviously, even if they have some kind of meeting and they air all their grievances and they they agree to to stick together as far as Deshaun Watson and the Texans, I think he'll be suspended well, okay, but what what about Jeff Driscoll? Because what let's say let's say Tyrod gets <laughs> well, let's say Tyrod gets injured in in the in camp and and can't start. You really think they're going to throw David Mills out there without having any like time to really get ready to start? Like I, mean, I would assume he'll start sometime later in the season, but I would think that right now if Tyrod goes down, it'd be Jeff Driscoll. I should point out the. Uh... <laughs> The odds here, they call him David Mills. It's Davis Mills. Wow. So they, so they don't even know his wrong. name. So if Taylor goes down, I hate to say this, 
because I'm all about winning and do what you can to win the upcoming game. But you have to start Davis Mills as long as you can to see what you have in him. Uh, speak of the devil, Aaron Wilson tweeting us out just as we speak. Jacob Martin with a sack and full team drills on rookie Davis Mills. Always bet on Jake. That's his saying when he's in the trenches. Yeah, but Dave, don't bet on Davis Mills. Good Lord. Um, Broncos starting quarterback in week one. Now, this one you can't get very good odds on. Drew Locke is minus 175. Teddy Bridgewater plus 135. So the odds aren't great, but that's what they tell you right there. It's like, don't be shocked if Teddy Bridgewater beats out Drew Locke. I'm surprised they didn't throw Deshaun Watson in there like they're throwing Nick Foles in for the Jacksonville Jaguars since his name has been swirling around the Denver's Broncos organization. I'm putting my money on Tarot. I mean, excuse me. Wow. They all look alike. Oh, gosh. I'm putting my money on t- Jacob's just shaking his head on, on Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater because you know what you have in Drew Lock. Yeah. So I think they just want to try something. I different. should mention they did have Phillip Rivers in there for the Colts starting quarterback week one at plus 1,001. That's not a crazy, like, I would call Phillip Rivers. Remember Jay Cutler came out of retirement? Like, hey, man, we just need you for like a month or two. Could you come out up here, Phil? I get what you're saying. But I would rather give up a sixth round and bring in Nick Foles before going Phillip Rivers. Foles stinks, though. I mean, so does Rivers. <laughs> uh, Saints starting quarterback in week one. Jameis Winston minus 250. Taysom Hill plus 170. If you want to win, you have to go Jameis Winston. It's got to be Jameis. It's yeah. going to be Jameis. Uh, Patriots starting quarterback in week one. Cam Newton minus 350. So overwhelming. Mac Jones plus 225. That's one I would put money on. But uh, I, I'm sorry, this is a little bit uh, off. I mean, it's not off topic, but first, why is Mac Jones wearing 50 at the training I, I camp? I think it's rookie hazing. You think? I, it has to be. Okay, maybe he wanted five, and they said, no, you got to throw in a zero yeah. in there or something. Because now teams don't, because of how soft we are, they don't do real hazing anymore, and I think that's the rookie hazing, making a quarterback wear such an ugly number. Okay. But yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, I would think Mac Jones could give, give Cam a run for his money for sure. Out of all these, if I had to bet on the underdog, I'm betting on Mac Jones because I can see Cam just doesn't look himself. He he looks injured. He he looks old. Bill Belichick. He doesn't care about feelings. I I'd put my money on Mac Jones. Well, apparently this morning, Mac Jones threw an interception on a crossing route and th- threw another one that should have been picked off. So. Not having the best of well, practice. Happens, it's practice. <laughs> uh, 49ers starting quarterback in week one. Jimmy Garoppolo minus 1,000. Trey Lance plus 550. So some really, really good odds on Trey Lance if you think he can win the starting job week one. Jimmy That's going to be a tough one. You traded up for him. Right. And took him with the number two overall pick. You got to start. And yet you got to sell to your fan base. No, Jimmy is our starter. No, you got to start. I'm going Trey Lance. It's just so weird. You know, I can see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded late in preseason. Oh, by the way, Vernon Hargraves just intercepted Davis Mills on the sidelines. So I think uh, not going well from Davis Mills again today. I think it's possible that they tell Jimmy G, "Hey, look, you get the first week, and after that, from the, from there on out, it's based on how well you play. If you if you ball, if you ball out." You know, for the first few weeks, we'll we'll keep you. We'll we'll let you play. We'll let you continue to start because you were already here. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I think if he struggles, I think they just they'll throw Lance in there. Here's the problem with that thought. I don't care who you are, the quarterback position. You could be Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have an errant pass. You're going to get picked off. You don't want to put your quarterback, whoever you decide, as your starter. You don't want him looking over his shoulder. You don't want a situation where if he has a two-interception half, He's just like, oh, crap, I'm going to lose my spot. Whoever you name the starter, you have to tell him, hey, it's your job. Go do your thing. And give it like six weeks before you pull them. Just a few more here. Mm -hmm. Bears starting quarterback in week one. Andy Dalton, minus 1,200. Again, that means he's the overwhelming favorite. Justin Fields, plus 600. Now, if you saw Lewis Riddick's tweet this morning, he said, look, before anybody starts getting my mentions about it's only training camp and all this, he said everything he's seen and heard is Justin Fields is wowing everybody. Like he's he's looking the part, doing everything he's supposed to be doing. But he said again, I can't say anything because everybody's just going to come back at me with it's only training camp, man. I have a feeling Justin Fields is going to have a type of career similar to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson before really? all the nonsense. No, no, no. Let me finish the sentence. <laughs> so the type of career to where we look back. And we're saying, how did he drop that far? Yeah, okay. Similar to, didn't Mitchell Trubisky go before both Mahomes and Deshaun? Right. Where there's going to be, whether it's Kyle Wilson, not so much Trevor Lawrence. Uh, who else went before? Zach Trey Lance. Zach Wilson, thank you. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Did Mac Jones go before? No. Okay, where we're saying... Wow, I can't believe those two guys went before Justin Fields. Uh, a few more. Will Aaron Rodgers be the starting quarterback in week one of for course. the Packers? What type of question is that? Yes, is plus 250. He's that's there. It? Only plus 250, though? That's kind of it's kind of surprising. Yeah. But why is, would that even be a question? What is Jordan Love at? Uh, I don't know. This is just, They just put the odds on will Aaron Rodgers be the Packers starting uh, okay, quarterback okay. week one. Uh, will Jalen Hurts be the Eagles starting quarterback in week one? Yes, is plus 100. Yes. Or, or or Joe Flacco? Yeah, it's going to no. be Jalen. Yeah. Will Daniel Jones be the Giants' starting quarterback week one? Yes is minus 175. Of course. Uh, will Tom Brady retire after this season? No. Yes is plus 600, so he can get some pretty good value there. I'm saying no. Will Ben Roethlisberger retire after this season? Yes is minus 500. He'll retire by week eight. And then a, a few more in here. Will Bill Belichick be the Patriots' head coach Week one of the 2022 season. With all the money they spent in the offseason this year, absolutely. Well, Andy, you think that Big Ben is going to retire midseason? He just looks... Big Ben... Look, I got I got much respect for what he's done, but he just doesn't look the same. Big Ben, Cam Newton, and Joe Flacco, they just do not... They're shell of themselves. One more note real quick. Tom Brady is now the seventh non-kicker in NFL history to play multiple games in a season aged 44 years or older. Among the four major sports, only the NBA has had fewer players aged 44 play multiple games since 1920. The way he prepares and eats, it's amazing. He's only two years younger than me. I've been out the game 10, I mean, two different positions. 
And he's running around there like he's in his 30s. So I think today is Zach Wilson's birthday, too, the the BYU quarterback that just got drafted. And they said Brady is literally double his age. Brady turns 44 today. Zach Wilson turns 22. Wow. And they share the same birthday. And yet, when you put up a picture of both of them, Brady doesn't look that much older than Zach Wilson. Yeah, Brady, he looks young. He looked horrible as a rookie, and he's looking better. <laughs> and I'm talking about his physique uh, as he's getting older. Quick timeout. Ooh, we got a surprise for the next segment. What's the over-under that Larry brings it? And he brings it hard. Oh, he's bringing it. During the next segment. Quick timeout. Larry and Stafford coming up next in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Got your girl in the color she chooses. Welcome in, welcome up. back. One more segment to go here in the trenches. The first day the Houston Texans put the pads on. And thankfully, no serious injuries uh, that we've heard from. And shout out to Jacob Martin. It sounds like he had a good day out there rushing. So we'll see if that translates to the actual regular season. One thing we do know during the regular season, Larry and Stafford will be out there critique, critiquing and maybe... Maybe cheering on the Texans? Question mark. What's going on, Larry? You almost started laughing your damn self when you said <laughs> cheering them Texans on. Hey, first of all, happy birthday to you, man. I, I you know, you know how us August boys do it, man. It's just how we get down, man. So I hope you have a good day today. Thank you, sir. Now, yeah, no worries. Hey, let, let, let me. Uh, I am just totally in shock that uh, Davis Mills got sacked and he threw an interception. It's just mind-boggling to me that he's having those kind of issues because he he's supposed to be the second coming of the whatever hey man it's, it's training camp but davis mills is gonna do what davis mills does like most rookie quarterbacks he's gonna look bad against dudes that have been playing in the national football league Andy, let me ask you something would you have rather had rg3 or tyrod taylor rg3 but you could have had both easily I, I, I agree with you on having both, but I, I think just for what what Tim Kelly and what Pep and them were doing, especially with what Pep did with uh, with uh, Justin Herbert up in San Diego, I thought that RG3 would probably be a natural better fit, and especially because I know he had uh, Tyrod in San, uh, L.A., but I'm just, I've never been just this dude that just loved Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor's just a stopgap, so I figured if he really wanted somebody that was going to be athletic enough, I still thought that RG3 was probably the better choice, man. But you know, but keep in just, mind, he finished last year injured, so I don't know how serious it was, but I'm sure that has something to do with it. You're probably right, but I've just seen him on on his page and out there just showing him throwing the football, and he still looks like he throws the ball the way he used to, and I don't know. It's just me, man. But uh, on, on another thing you was talking about, the fact that you are on live radio and you talking about the volleyball girl's shorts being too short and it's uncomfortable <laughs> with you sitting next to your wife. Let me say this to you, man. I know when we, we, we age, we get a little more, <laughs> more conservative on a lot of things. Let them girls, them girls can go out there and Fram volleyballs down over the net all day and every day of the week. But let them girls alone, man. We enjoying beach volleyball because that's the way they're supposed to play it. And it ain't hard to look at, but if you got somebody that you know that you have been with for a minute, your wife ain't worried about nothing like that. I know it's uncomfortable for you, but it ain't uncomfortable for your boy Stafford and I'll holler. Appreciate you as always. I will say this because, again, I know I sounded like old prude guy. 
Uh, it was more my my concern was I hope they're giving them the choice that if they if they w- want to wear something else that covers more so they can focus more on it's tough for women out there people always judging what they look like booties too big not big enough whatever it may be so I just hope that they're not making them wear that well, that's the, all I'm gonna say about some it. of the track stars I mean like we were watching some of the the track competitions, and I mean, it's like you're li- there's leaves nothing to the imagination. Like they're wearing next to nothing when they're running out there. But you got to be able to run free. You can't have stuff weighing you down. So anyway, that's that's what we got into watching at least the last few days. That's our volleyball take for the day. <laughs> How about a Dan Campbell take of the day? You want this one? You know, I like Dan. Lie. <laughs> what did he say at his introductory press about conference? Biting people's knees. Yeah, <laughs> bite their kneecap off. Right. So uh, Lions uh, coach Dan Campbell talking about his rookie year when a fight started during camp. He said he doesn't anticipate that happening at practice today with pads on, but he looks forward to the first day of pads. Quote, now we find out who can deliver some punishment and who could take some punishment, he said. What Dan Campbell wants to see in the first day with pads, quote, I want to see these guys compete. I want to see these guys get to the point where it's almost an all-out brawl, but there isn't one. If you don't push it to almost to that point, you really won't get where you need to get, in my opinion, in this league to be competitive at the very highest level. Says he wants to see guys, quote, strain, particularly up front, but across the board at all positions. See, that's what I like. And then you got this Yahoo named Joe Judge who gets (laughs) upset because his players get in a fight and he makes them run wind sprints. When Dan Campbell, and, and look, I'm not saying you have had to play in the NFL, played in the NFL to be an effective head coach. Actually, most of them did not play in the NFL. But when Dan Campbell talks crazy, talks tough, those players are going to be like, you know what? He might suck when it comes to X and O's, but he's done it. He's been there. We appreciate what he's saying. When Joe Judge tries to act tough and make guys run, it's like, come on, guy. You you just don't know what goes on, what it feels like on the field. I I am pulling hard for Dan Campbell. I want to see these guys get to the point point where it was almost an all-out brawl, but there isn't one. That's good. And you know who's not going to run sprints when they get in a fight? The Detroit Lions. He'll break it up. Yeah. And he'll act, especially somebody that does something. Because there are things that you do that's like, hey, that's not football. Uh, but if it's something where it's like, eh, you know what, guys got heated, they're tired of practicing and hitting one another, Dan Campbell's going to break it up. He's going to wink at one of them, and he's going to keep it moving. Uh, Texans coach David Culley talking with the media right now when he was asked about Deshaun Watson's absence from practice. Quote, we make decisions every day based on what's best for our football team. Did, did not elaborate any further. Nothing new on Deshaun today, he said. But that that quote is making the rounds now. We make decisions every day based on what's best for our football team. Some people are translating that to saying, oh, they must have sent him home because that's what's best for the football team now. Big 12, Pac-12 leaders meeting to discuss options including potential merger or alliance. Yeah. To me, it doesn't make... It, geography has to play some common sense in this. Going from... You know, Fort La- Fort Worth, out to Seattle to play Washington, then back home, then out to L.A. to play UCLA, then back home, then out west to Eugene, Oregon. Like, none of that makes any sense. You're going to be spending so much more money in tr- sending your truck halfway across the country with all your pads and everything else. Like, the TV deal better be worth it for all that trucking you're going to be doing back and forth. I don't think they care about that. Now, my concern... The, the people running the X's and O's in the accounting department, the school no, no, care. No, they do, but 
do the people in Oregon care about seeing Texas Tech players? That would be my concern. No, I, travel, I mean like the football, the the the, the football, the matchups. the matchups are fine. I'm just saying it's got to make some sense geographically, and adding a bunch of schools from Texas, from Waco, Texas, to go up to Seattle and Eugene and Corvallis. No, oh, that makes sense. All right, that's going to do it for us today. God willing, same time and same place tomorrow. This has been In the Trenches exclusively on Sports Talk 790. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.